0: homes.com we've done your homework
1: hello and welcome to happier a podcast that gives you strategies and solutions for how to build happier habits into your daily life this week we'll talk about why you should do something familiar in a new way and we'll talk to legendary broadcaster al roker about his terrific new memoir you look so much better in person true stories of absurdity and success I'm Gretchen Rubin, a writer who studies happiness, good habits, and human nature. I am comfortably ensconced in my home office in New York City, and joining me today from L.A. is my sister, Elizabeth Kraft. And Elizabeth, it has been way too long since I have seen you in person.
0: That's me, Elizabeth Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in L.A. And yeah, Gretchen, it's hard to believe that we used to see each other almost every month. It's so much. <laughs> I know.
1: I know. But we have technology. Good times. Yes. Um, so remember, we are getting very excited later in the month to be talking to yaw Jesse about her brilliant novel Transcendent Kingdom for our next book club pick. So get your hands on Transcendent Kingdom.
0: Yes, and here is the official description. Yaa yeah, Jesse's stunning follow-up to her acclaimed national bestseller, Homegoing, is a powerful, raw, intimate, deeply layered novel about a Ghanaian family in Alabama. Gifty is a six-year PhD candidate in neuroscience at the Stanford University School of Medicine studying reward-seeking behavior in mice and the neural circuits of depression and addiction. Her suicidal mother is living in her bed. Gifty is determined to discover the scientific basis for the suffering she sees all around her. But even as she turns to the hard sciences to unlock the mystery of her family's loss, she finds herself hungering for her childhood faith and grappling with the evangelical church in which she was raised, whose promise of salvation remains as tantalizing as it is elusive." Transcendent Kingdom is a deeply moving portrait of a family of Ghanaian immigrants ravaged by depression and addiction and grief, a novel about faith, science, religion, love.
1: Yes, so send in your questions and comments. We're it's getting so those good. ready. Yes. Now, this week our tried This at Home tip is to do something familiar in a new way. So the idea here is to Find a new way to do something that you already enjoy. And Elizabeth, we we started thinking about this idea because of your experience with your hike.
0: Yes. So usually when I hike, it's in the morning. I mean, every single time I've ever taken a hike in my life, it's been in the morning. (laughs) And lately, I've been going in the afternoon with a friend in the neighborhood. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is a completely different experience. And it's really fun and uh, rejuvenating.
1: Yeah. Well, I and I had something similar because like what you know, for because of my next book, I've been going to the Met every day once it's been reopened. And um, it used to be that I would I never went to the Met by myself. I always went with friends or family. And so it was a huge change to go by myself. And I loved going by myself. But then the other day I went with a friend and I love going with a friend. And it's completely different. And I realize now, like, if you go at the end of the day that is a very different vibe in the museum than if you go early in the day. And so it's, you can have a different experience within the same activity by changing some aspect of it.
0: Yeah, and you already know you enjoy doing it. Like you enjoy going to the Met, so you're not really taking a chance. You're just doing it in a different way, which is nice.
1: Yeah, because, you know, the fact is, sometimes it's hard to find new things to enjoy doing. Like you're like, oh, I want to do something fun, but I can't think of anything fun. It's like when we would talk about with friends, That sometimes it's easier to make friends with the kind of the friend that got away than to find a whole new person to be friends with because you've got your start um, with a person from your past.
0: Yeah, um, an easy thing, Gretch, to do if you want to switch it up. Now, during COVID, this may not be possible, but you could go to a restaurant by yourself or go Mm -hmm. to a movie by yourself. Like, I love going to movies by myself.
1: Which I've never done in my whole life, so there you go. so you
0: should try it. I should try it. And you know what this reminded me of when we were talking about it is how when we were little, we would go to Worlds of Fun, which is the amusement park um, near Kansas City. We'd go like the second it opened, yeah, we would get there. We st-
1: and we would stay until
0: we dropped yes. <laughs> hours. <laughs> yes. And then when we got older, we realized, oh, we could go at like 5 p.m. and go till late. When, yes. And it's cooler and usually less crowded at night. So it was totally different going to Worlds of Fun at night and the lights.
1: The lights. We had never seen it with the lights on. Yes. And the lights made it re- like was a completely different experience.
0: Yes. So it is fun to just change it up, especially now when I think we're all looking for some just some difference in
1: life because it can get very um, monotonous. Yeah. I mean, I think even like rearranging the furniture, Mm -hmm. working in a different room, um, even these little changes can make a, a situation seem more fresh.
0: Well, it's like having my treadmill desk at home now, Gretch. Yeah. Um, a lot of times I'll walk for an hour at like 10 p.m. and watch one of the housewives.
1: Yeah. So that's the thing. By not having it at the office, but having it at home, it like now you're using this activity in a completely new way. Yeah. I will say that research shows that novelty makes people happier, that we tend to really enjoy doing something new. And so finding something new about something that you know that you already enjoy is kind of a uh, shortcut. Yeah. as a way to find a little bit more happiness in those activities. So let us know if you do try this at home and how doing something familiar in a new way works for you. And let us know what you've done, because it might be things that other people could try, like taking an afternoon hike. It's mm-hmm. not rocket science, but here it was really fun for you. Let us know on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Drop us an email at podcast at gretchenrubin.com. Or as always, you can go to the show notes. This is episode 295, so go to happiercast.com slash 295. For everything related to this episode.
0: Coming up, we have a happiness hack in our ongoing household hack series. (laughs) First, this break. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash Gretchen. That's linkedin.com slash Gretchen to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply.
1: And now it's time for a happiness hack that helps with eating habits as well as (laughs) child care.
0: And this comes from Nicole. She says, Our nine-month-old has been exploring his world, which prompted us to invest in baby-proofing materials. We got a set of safety-first cabinet locks that work by having a plastic key that locks and unlocks doors via magnets. Unlike some other alternatives, these do take a bit more time on the front end to install because they require drilling a component into the inside of cabinets and drawers. However, once installed, we love that they're hidden from view and can easily be disabled by flipping a switch from on to off if you want to be able to keep opening the door without the key. From a baby-proofing perspective, these are great. What we could not have predicted is how they have inadvertently been a boon to our healthy eating goals. (laughs) We quickly realized that we could use one of these locking mechanisms to keep less helpful food items stored away in a separate locked cabinet. Often we trudge to the cabinet for mindless snacking, especially during COVID-19 times when we're at home so much more. Then when we tug to pull it open and are locked out, we have to go find the key to unlock it. Often just this momentary pause is enough to have us reflect on whether we really need or want what is in the cabinet or if we are just bored or seeking out a short-term snacking high. We can (laughs) lengthen this pause by keeping the key farther away from the kitchen or losing it as my husband does unintentionally (laughs) sometimes. This approach could work for moderators and abstainers alike moderators can disable the lock when wanted and abstainers can keep it locked and let another family member be in charge of the key. This approach could work for moderators and abstainers alike. Moderators can disable the lock when wanted and abstainers can keep it locked and let another family member be in charge of the key.
1: This is great. As Nicole said, her cabinets and drawers are now child-proofed and adult-proofed. (laughs) Yes. 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 This is a great example of using the strategy of inconvenience. Mm. That's one of the 21 strategies that I write about in Better Than Before. And the idea is that if you make something less convenient to do it, if it's just kind of an, a nuisance, you're going to be less likely to do it because you have to use this key and you have to go hunt it down and everything. It just adds that little bit of friction that sometimes can make you think, you know, this isn't really what I want to be doing right now. And yeah. so it can help you without, without any kind of willpower or effort on your, on your part. So thank you, Nicole. Thank you, Nicole. And now it's time for an interview with Al Roker. Al Roker is a co-anchor of NBC's Today Show, an Emmy Award-winning journalist, and a New York Times best-selling author. He has been at NBC for 40 years, and he's the celebrated host of the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. He is also a host on Sirius XM's Off the Rails and owner of a production company, Al Roker Entertainment, Inc., and... He recently starred in Broadway's Waitress. Al's latest book, You Look So Much Better in Person, True Stories of Absurdity
0: <laughs> and Success, is part memoir and part advice guide for building a rewarding career.
1: Now, I got to know Al and his wife, Deborah Roberts, through my daughter, Eliza, who has been friends with their daughter, Leela since they were together in kindergarten. And we live just one block away from each other in New York City. It's a very small world. Welcome, Al. Hello. Hi.
2: How are you? Nice to see you.
1: Yes, it's great to have you here with us by technology.
2: Yes. Wow. Better living technology.
1: Yes, exactly. So, Al, in the introduction of your book, you write,
0: making a five-year plan was never part of my mode of operation. In fact, I think if you have a five-year plan, you should consider taking a match (laughs) to it. I loved reading that. Why do you give that advice?
2: Well, i um, i just see see 2020
0: you know yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly right
1: <gasps> yeah
2: you couldn't make this up
1: <laughs> no you couldn't you would not and you could not
2: no. if you somebody submitted a script or great you had written a novel that posited all this stuff your editor would throw it back and go come on yeah and so everybody who had plans this year all of them went out the window and, and so being flexible and being resilient, I think comes from, I mean, look, I, I think you should be prepared, but I think plans are, I mean, look, yes, you're going to make vacation plans, but even those for everybody, gone, out, Yeah, later. Uh, Deborah and I celebrated 25, our 25th anniversary. I will not say what year, birthday, mm-hmm. but it was a milestone. And, you know, every, everything we had planned was gone. You know, our daughter Leila is, uh, you know, is, is in college in in Paris. Uh, we haven't seen her since January of, of, uh, of this year. Yeah. We we're hoping she'll get home uh, for Christmas this year. But so I, I think the plan thing, the five year, you know, this year, you can't plan more than 24 hours.
1: Yeah. That's part of what's eating away at people is all that uncertainty.
2: Yeah, I, I think if you ad-lib it more. Mm. You know, and and it's funny because that's, you know, Deborah's a journalist. I'm I'm on TV. But uh, <laughs> my whole life is made up of ad-libbing. It's just been, you know, when you do weather, you ad-lib, you know? And, and when you do live shots, when you work live on TV, you ad-lib. And that to me is because you can't plan anything. Like it would be like, planning, really planning hard for a debate, and all people talk about is the fly on your head.
1: (laughs) 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 No idea what you're talking about. But That would happen. Right.
2: You know, you never know.
1: But wait, but speaking of ad-libbing, Al, there's a a story that you tell in the book, and I know that in every interview people talk about this because it's such a striking story, but please, it is such a memorable, um, moving story. Please tell it again. And it's about how in a very challenging moment... On live TV, out of nowhere, you faced somebody and came up with the ad lib, which I was like, how in the world could you come up with something so appropriate so quickly? So just tell that story, because it's a, it's really remarkable.
2: Well, I was working in Cleveland, and it was my first job at a in a major market on a network-owned station, WKYC in Cleveland, uh, the NBC owned and, at the time it was owned and operated by NBC. Anyway, the, the the anchorman was one of these legends. He was kind of like the Walter Cronkite of Cleveland, a guy named Doug Adair.
1: And when was this? What year was this?
2: This this would have been about 1980. Mm-hmm. And 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 I like Doug, and I, you know we went to each other's homes and everything. So I want to I want to preface it with that. But you know Doug Doug was you know a bit pompous, and anyway we we worked in downtown Cleveland back in the early 80s. It was not a pleasant place to be. I mean, I love Cleveland, but tough time. And uh, there was a homeless gentleman, African-American, who kind of wandered around our station. And one night, Doug was going to his car after the 11 o'clock news. And this guy came up behind him with a rolled up newspaper and bopped him on the back of the head and ran off. That was it. Well, the next day, Doug is telling everybody how he was assaulted and the whole nine. And we're all thinking, that's exactly what we would like to do to Doug. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, we're now on the the news. It's six o'clock. And he was married to his co-anchor, this woman, Mona. And Mona's about to introduce me. She's introducing me live. Here's Al, and he said, Mona, before you introduce Al, Al, I don't know if you know this, but last night after the 11 o'clock news, one of your people attacked me. And, you know, time stands still. You're like, do I explode in outrage? Do I ignore it? What what do I do? So I just looked at him, I said, Doug, why in the world would a weatherman attack you? <laughs> and, of course, the switchboard lit up.
0: Oh, my God.
2: And he was uh, uh, suspended. Uh, then d- when he came back, demoted to a field anchor and then eventually left the station. And, and But I, I think about today and, and you know, because of social media, his life would have been destroyed. Did it deserve did that comment deserve a, a, an annihilation nationwide? Uh, probably not. Could it have used, could he have used some education? Probably. Mm-hmm. I, I, like I said, I, I mean, look, I was at his wedding, but I think, you know, we have to calibrate today. I think mm-hmm. I, I could get my point across yes. much more succinctly and much more effectively by using humor and pointing up the as- absurdity of yes. what he said as opposed to just going at him with a jackhammer.
1: But it must have felt good that there was such immediate response yeah. from the audience who was like, what was that?
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, look, when I tell that story, there's a certain portion of the audience that goes, what's a switchboard? (laughs) (laughs)
0: Exactly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Al,
0: um, one of your altruisms, and we love that phrase, by the way, Gretchen's obsessed with altruisms.
2: I would love to take credit for it, but it was the woman who helped me write this thing, Paula Vitale. And I just thought, well, if it bombs... Uh, I'll just go. But even though people and people have seemed to like it, but I have to give her credit.
0: One of your altruisms is to get up an hour before you need to, which in your case is really early. My sister-in-law is a morning host in Phoenix. So I know from her how hard that is just on the body. How do you
1: do that? Wait, but first you have to say what time you wake up because yeah. that is a crucial detail.
2: I was waking up at 4.45. And now I get up more like 3.45, 4 o'clock. Wow. wow. But I do that because, A, I don't like to rush. Yeah. I think you set yourself up for a bad day when you rush because if you only allow yourself a certain amount of time, if something goes wrong, and it invariably will, yeah. then it's a cascade of disasters and you almost never catch up and you just don't feel good. I like to take my time. I like to get up, take care of my toilet and, and just kind of ease into the day. And plus, I find I love that, and especially when the kids were younger, uh, full disclosure, uh, Gretchen and our, um, our daughter went to school together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's always something going on. There's always <laughs> some crisis. Yeah, something. And uh, I like the quiet. That hour when nobody else is up to me is gold. Mm. When you're up even before the dog, you Mm -hmm. know, (laughs) are so much more efficient. You're more relaxed. You get more done and you have a sense of accomplishment before most people have even gotten up. So, yeah, it may seem a little difficult, but the, the risk reward to me is when once you feel that you will wonder why I didn't do this before.
1: What time do you go to sleep? That seems like the hard thing is to go to have the practice of going to bed in order to wake up so early.
2: I I will say that I think I'm biologically built this way because my mother used to tell me that I drove her crazy as a baby because I barely napped. I Mm. didn't need a lot of sleep. Uh, And and as you guys know, having uh, teenagers, you don't want to go to bed too much before you're teenagers. Uh, bad things happen. (laughs) (laughs) So generally I'm in bed by 9.30, quarter to 10.
1: So not crazy early. No, no, no. Now you of course are so well-known for all your Today Show work, um, but you were also in a Broadway show. And I was so interested to read in your memoir how you were absolutely terrified by that. And you still do get kind of nervous before you go on air Which I found really comforting to know that even such a pro has to manage the anxiety of performance.
2: Well, I think if you get to the point, and I think in anything, whether it's doing a podcast, writing a book, writing a column, doing whatever, if it becomes rote, Mm -hmm. you're so blasé about it, then it's probably time to stop doing it. You know, Mm. I feel like I could blow my career on any given moment on any given morning, (laughs) (laughs) if I just kind of, if my concentration wanders. Uh And so I want to do a good job. That's how I was raised. My dad, uh, as I said in the book, was a guy who sat me down and said, look, you are going to have to work twice as hard and be twice as good to get half as far as the white kid next to you. Mm -hmm. And 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 he didn't say it in, in anger. It was just like, that's just a point of fact. And so I like to, and, and, and I try to stress it with my kids that if you're not, if you don't feel like you've learned at least one new thing each day, mm-hmm. the day wasn't as good as you thought it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, but I, I really do. Uh, I get nervous. Uh, and, and, but I do think it, it, it keeps you fresh. It keeps you on your toes. And I think trying new things. I I was terrified. I, I was going to, you know, in the book, I talk about saying yes. And I was going to say no to doing Waitress. To, uh, first of all, you know, they, you, you're feeling pretty good. Somebody's asked you to be in a Broadway show. Yeah. Mm. Then, what's the role? He goes, It's a character named Old Joe. Wow. <laughs> anyway, I was going to turn it down. And the guy, my, my uh, agent said, Why don't you go see it? They'll give you tickets. So uh, Leela, my middle girl, went to go see it with me. And she, at the time she was at the LaGuardia School of Performing Arts. And
1: doing ah, things. that's the fame school for people, yeah, people who know the movie and the TV show fame.
2: Yes. Uh, yes. Very big deal. And we watch it. And after we, it's done, I said, sweet, I can't, I can't do this. Go, "Dad, why not? I said, she said, who says no to Broadway? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Fair question. Yeah. yeah. But there's a song. She says, I timed it. It's two minutes and 20 seconds. You can talk on pitch. You know? Mm. And so if it wasn't for Leela, I probably would have said no. And and I will tell you, on a, from a professional standpoint, besides the things that I've done, but from a different standpoint, it's what was one of the most rewarding things uh. I've ever done. Mm. Because it was unlike anything i would ever right. done. Right. And I didn't suck, you know? So... <laughs> it was okay. That's
1: exciting. Okay. So before we let you go, we always ask our guests, do you have a try this at home tip for listeners, something kind of concrete and simple they could try as part of an ordinary day to make themselves happier, healthier, more productive, or more creative?
2: Yes. I think everybody needs a theme song.
1: Oh, that's that's fine. What's your theme song?
2: Here's the thing. Uh, uh, If you're of a certain age, television shows all had theme songs. Yes, yes. They had a theme song that generally explained the premise of the show <laughs> yeah. so that even if you hadn't seen the show, if yeah. you watched the open, you knew what the show was. Yes. And my, my theme song uh, is, is one that uh, it, 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 it's the theme song to one of the greatest action shows ever, uh-huh. like the A-Team. And uh-huh. I play it every morning. In 1972, a crack commando unit was sent to prison by a military court for a crime they didn't commit. These men promptly escaped from a maximum security <laughs> to the Los Angeles underworld. Today, still wanted by the government, they survive as soldiers of fortune. If you have a problem, if no one else can help, and if you find them, maybe you can hire the eighteen.
1: So this is your pump-up, your walk-out fantastic. music. Oh, my That's
0: God. That's great. No, so, <laughs> listen, maybe you'd have the Mary Tyler
1: Moore theme song.
2: That's, That's what, what
0: I
1: was thinking, of course.
2: Yeah. There you go, one of my wife's theme songs. Yeah. I, that gets me going. Yeah. yeah. You just kind of get pumped. Yeah. And I literally head out the door. Yeah.
1: That's a great suggestion. It's so fun and energetic, and yet it's kind of a know-yourself-better question, because it's like everybody would pick a different theme song. Exactly. Uh, that is so much. Great. Al, thanks so much. We so appreciate the chance to talk to you.
2: That might actually be a great parlor game. Guess ah, what? Good. Guess what? You, the, your partner's theme song.
1: Ooh. Love that. Yes. Great idea. Okay. Thanks so much. <laughs> Bye, thanks, Al. Bye.
0: Coming up, we've got a media related Demerit and a media related Gold <laughs> Star, but first this break. Do you want to set your child up for success? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way with positive feedback.
1: Well, I know with Eleanor, when she was struggling so much with math, if she had been able to do online learning at home, she would have been much better able to keep up with the class, and that would have just made the whole situation much easier for her.
0: Yes, I love all the colors. Yeah. They make
1: stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties,
0: birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code HAPPIER. That's greatjones.com, promo code HAPPIER.
1: Okay, Gretchen, you are up this week with a happiness demerit. So I've spoken before about how I have a tell, uh, an anxiety tell. And my anxiety tell is that I start rereading children's books. And the more anxious I am, the further back in time I go. So if I'm reading like B is for Betsy, it's like Mm -hmm. terrible. If I'm reading something like The Golden Compass, it's not so bad. Uh, But I realized I have a podcast tell as well. Mm. Um, And these tells are useful because they let let us know that we're experiencing anxiety even if we're not quite conscious of it. So my podcast tell is that I will start only re-listening to Binge Mode. I love Binge Mode, and they talk all about Harry Potter and all about uh, Game of Thrones. These are stories that I know so well that I can just— Go to any episode. I don't have to keep track of like which one I listened to last or where I was in an episode. If I didn't finish it, I can just like zip through, pick any one, listen, and I'm always interested. It's there's so many that it's always fresh. Uh, if I set it, if I'm going to go to sleep and I put the sleep timer on for like thirty minutes, it doesn't matter if I miss something because mm. I've heard them all before. But I have so many podcasts that I want to listen to, and this is crowding out mm. all the new podcasts that I want to listen to. And so, listen, as so often happens to us, once you articulate a demerit, yes, then it becomes easier. Like once I said, "Wow, I'm really listening to only binge mode, which I love, which is a great show, but I do want to listen to other things as well." I was able to be like, "Okay, Gretchen, let's let's go into the library and pick a different show today." So I have kind of broken oh, my good. streak. Yes, Good. because of because I knew I had to tell it tell you about it. Good, <laughs> okay. so you're on the path. I'm on the path. What's you happen because there's so many great podcasts to listen to. I yes. don't want to miss out. So you tell us what is your media related gold star? Okay, Grinch. I am giving a gold
0: star to the television show Survivor.
1: Oh wow! It has
0: been around for a long time. I think since 2000. There are 40 or more seasons. We have been watching Survivor old seasons during um, the pandemic, and it has been just this great thing for Adam and Jack and me. And why? It's such a great family show. It's competition. There's a lot to talk about. You can talk about the players, their strategies. You root for people. You hate some people. Also, it's kind of just a study of human nature. So there's actually a lot of teaching moments. Like sometimes I'll stop and say, hey, look what's going on here, Jack. You can learn something. Oh, interesting. I love it because all different types of people win. So it might be a really athletic person who wins or it might be someone who's really funny or really just really smart or, you know, like it goes around. So it just shows you keep trying And that's the other thing. People, you'll think they're going to be out, and then they just keep persevering, and they might end up winning.
1: Right. So that's a good life lesson, too.
0: Yes, it's a great life lesson. And then it's helping me, because during this time, I'm doing virtual training, which means I'm doing a lot of planks. And Mm -hmm. when I'm having trouble holding up a plank, I imagine the survivor music playing, (laughs) and Jeff Probst, like, yelling at me to dig deep. And it helps me maintain my plank. And Gretchen, it's like the way the music just rises and kicks in, it just grabs you. So here is a clip of the music that is helping me with my training. <laughs>
1: Oh, that is definitely like a get pumped song. I can, I feel it. Yeah, right. (laughs) You need the Survivor soundtrack. Yeah. Maybe you can make it your alarm. (laughs) I should. So the resources for this week, if you want to win a signed, personalized copy of my best-selling book, The Four Tendencies, uh, to enter, follow my Instagram account at Gretchen Rubin, like the giveaway post, and comment on the post tagging three friends. If you win, I will send you a signed, personalized book. This is only for U.S. readers, alas, because of mailing costs. Also, if you want to connect with other happier podcast listeners or readers who enjoy my books, join my free app, Better. You can create or join an online accountability group um, and you can join the community on any computer at betterapp.us or search the App Store for Better Gretchen Ribbon. It is free. Free is good. <laughs> and that's it for this episode of Happier. Remember to try this at home. Do something familiar in a new way. Let us know if you tried it and if it worked for you. Thank you to our wonderful guest, Al Roker. Read
0: his new book, You Look So Much Better in Person. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and everyone at Cadence 13. Get in touch. Gretchen's on Twitter at Gretchen Rubin, and I'm at Elizabeth Kraft. Her email address is podcast at gretchenrubin.com.
1: And to mix it up a little bit, this week... Please, if you could rate and review the show, that really helps people. Give us those five stars. We love a five star uh, rating, we love a review. It really does help other people to discover the show.
0: Until next week, I'm Elizabeth Kraft.
1: And I'm Gretchen Rubin. Thanks for joining us. Onward and Upward. So listen, I thought you were all about Naked and Afraid. That's the last time we were together. We watched, we watched some episodes.
0: Yeah, uh, that's because we watched all the Naked and Afraid. So then we moved on to Survivor.
1: <laughs> From the Onward Project.